Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome, everyone. This is Stormfront Action Radio on FreeConferenceCall.com. Father Francis is back, but he is having phone trouble. I got rich with us from Tacoma and Oliver also here, here here he is okay Father Francis are you there Father Francis okay I'm just going to go ahead without him he's on the call but I don't hear anything wait a minute how about now okay guys I'm here uh, had a little trouble getting through this morning it's 9.01 it's uh, Tuesday morning July 31st 2018 and we are going to have Jason Kessler on today a lot of late breaking stuff has happened up there in uh, Washington D.C. and uh, you know there's all kinds of speculation and rumors circulating around I think best to go right to the for the man that knows his story. Jason, are you with us by any chance? No, I, I, okay, here, hold on. There he is. Hello? Can you hear me? Hey, you're on, Jason. Hey, good to be with you. Yeah, so let us know what's going on up there, man. I I see articles in uh, Newsweek had an article. Of course, uh, you're the evil anti-whatever white supremacist, neo-something, and uh, and I, the way most of the people on the right see it, that you're nothing like that at all. You're you're kind of like just a guy looking out for white civil rights, and there's really no uh, white nationalism in what you're doing. It's more of a fact that you recognize the fact that young people are just being pushed aside. White people are being pushed aside because we don't have any rights anymore. We get selective enforcement. We get picked, picked on brutally and unfairly. I mean, it's just—it's getting crazy. So, let us know what's going on, Jason. I, I'll keep my mouth shut now and let you take over. Yeah, I don't know. The talking about the way that the media covers me—it's just I'm a avatar for whatever people hate, you know. And that's the way that they—they they have uh, framed me. So, if I'm on one side, I'm too extreme. On the other side, I'm not extreme enough. Uh, you know, I'm whatever. It, there's conspiracy people who say that I'm this, and then there's other people who say that I'm that. But in the end, you know, I am just a guy who is standing up for his people because I felt like white people were not being treated fairly in this country. And that's what this new rally is about. It's uh, it's going to be completely different than the last rally and that people aren't going to be having uh, sticks and shields. And I do feel like I have a good partner in the law enforcement uh, up there, and we have a very tight schedule. Everybody's going to be protected uh, from one stop to the next, and we'll be right outside the White House speaking about uh, the civil rights abuse that happened in Charlottesville and why it is that white people need to have a voice in this country. Absolutely, I agree with that for sure. I mean, you know, some of our more moderate callers that push that same idea. That's what they want to see done because they want to broaden the approach to to a larger group of people, like the, the normies and so. And uh, I just read an article here at Yankee Stadium Sunday, they just unfurled a giant Donald Trump banner, re-elect Donald Trump 2020. So even in New York City, liberal city, uh, I don't know, Yankee fans are pretty pretty tough characters. I, I was a big Yankee fan back in the day, so so, you know, these signs are showing up everywhere. I think everybody's really finally catching it on, and I think this rally brings the nation's attention to this. It's like I said, it's been written up in Newsweek. It's been written up in several other places as well. Yeah, we, we need people to show up and support our cause. The other side is definitely mobilized. I was reading uh, an article in The Hill 
where they're saying that uh, Black Lives Matter New York is going to be marching from New York City to Washington, D.C. to protest this event, uh, Antifa from all over the place, uh, Philadelphia, Washington, D.C., Charlottesville, are going to be up there. And, and their hashtag that they're using on Twitter is shut it down, D.C. They think they're going to shut it down, but you know it's not going to be like it was in Charlottesville. There's going to be a huge police presence. Um, we're going to be meeting up in Vienna, Virginia, at the metro station, and that's going to be protected by all kinds of law enforcement, by Virginia State Police, by the, the transit cops, and uh, the local police there. And we're going to have our own parking lot that's going to be protected. So it's not going to be like at a lot of these events where you have to worry about, well, you park somewhere, is it going to get vandalized? I would still recommend people come on a, with, with a taxi or an Uber so you don't have to worry about your vehicle in the slightest. But uh, from there, we're going to either get on buses or trains. Uh, we, we have a guy who's got a 71-seat bus that's going to be shuttling people uh, into D.C., and they're actually going to allow us to use the trains exclusively then because they don't want uh, agitators to come onto the trains while we're trying to get to the demonstration and start fighting with us. So we're going to have those all to ourselves. Um, and from there, we're going to get off at a place called the Foggy Bottom Metro Station, and, and we'll be in uh, the, under the protection of the D.C. police at that point. And every single D.C. police officer on the force is going to be on duty that day. Uh, they've been instructed that they can't take leave, can't take a sick day on that event. All hands are on deck. And we're going to march from Foggy Bottom to Lafayette Square, which is a couple blocks away. And that's where we're going to have our, our demonstration. We're going to have uh, uh, a big stage. Uh, two to four speakers haven't decided yet, like sound speakers. And uh, we've got a, a number of interesting people speaking, myself, Simon Roche, uh, a number of people who, who folks may not have heard of that uh, are being abused by uh, the system, by the SPLC, by uh, their local governments because they're white. And uh, we might even have an opportunity if there's some people who, uh, who show up who just feel moved and want to say a few words to, to get up on stage as well. But uh, the Antifa are going to be kept behind barricades and from what I've been told, they're going to be far enough away that they probably wouldn't even be able to hit us with objects if they threw them. And if, if they tried to do that, they're going to get hauled away by the police pretty quickly. Yeah, that's just, it's not like the, you're having a security team of, uh, what would you call them, like uh, amateur guys or, or people that are like, uh, you know, our own group of people. This is going to actually, all, you're dependent entirely on the police department and law enforcement. Is that right? That's right. And, uh, you know, just from my experience in, in doing this stuff through trial and error, uh, I would highly recommend people don't try and have their own security force when they are uh, doing these events. I mean, personal security, like you're going to protect a certain individual who might be high profile, that's one thing. But, um, you don't want to do anything which might be seen as, uh, you know, being in competition with what law enforcement is doing. Uh, you don't want anybody to get into fights with Antifa, which is kind of uh, a thing that the security teams can do if they're dressed in helmets and they've got shields and stuff. It makes people a target. And, uh, and there are certainly going to be Antifa who are going to come looking to fight somebody. Yeah, the, the oh. other thing is, is they sound like they're going to be using their black block tactics at this event too. Uh, that's when, you know, they dress all in black like ninjas. And, and I've seen them there in D.C. They march in a big column and they try and just uh, push, push into people and attack, but they're not going to get through those police barricades. Okay. Um, I saw an article from the... Southern Poverty, you know, Poverty Palace. It made Google News news feed about you. Now, what about um, flags and poles? 
Anything on uh, that? Yeah, I, I've been putting this out in the email list. So, and if you're not on the email list already, go to the website, unitetherightrally.com, and just click on the button to sign up for email updates. Uh, but, <clears throat> yeah, we want people to bring flags, but there are uh, certain rules. In Lafayette Square, uh, there's a lot of rules because it's right across from the White House. But the main thing with the flag is that they've got to be four foot by four foot or smaller. So if you're going to bring a Confederate flag, you can get one of the the square flags if, that are four by four. If you're going to bring uh, an American flag, which is rectangular, of course, it's going to mean you're probably going to need something that's 2.5 by four feet, which I'd say is still plenty big. Uh, and I have a, a link to some of these flags on eBay that are only like seven bucks, and that's up on on the website as well. <clears throat> and the way that I've done it is I've just gone to Lowe's and gotten a wooden dowel to slide into the uh, to the flag. There's no regulations that I'm aware of on the poles. Uh, I've asked about this. Uh, the only thing is, is if you're riding on the trains, they have a really weird rule about uh, the flags needing be, to be detached from the poles when you're riding on the train. So the good thing about the dowel method is that you can just slide the flag off of the dowel while you're riding uh, on the metro and then put it right back on afterwards. And another thing is um, if you decide you want to take the train rather than the bus, they're going to give us an option where people can prepay their cards so you ride back and forth uh, beforehand so you don't have to worry about anything. Yeah, and and it, another another issue that comes to, to the front was that uh, everybody knows what your plans are. Well, I, I, it appears to me you're not trying to hide your plans at all because it's done the way it is and security be, being in the hands of law enforcement and police, there's nothing to hide. And uh, I still encourage everybody in the country, in the whole world, on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday night, on that weekend of the 12th, burn your TT torches in your front yard. Take them to a small demonstration in your area. Uh, show solidarity, and, and it'll be kind of like the White Man's March was a couple of years back. Everybody on the same page around the world. Yeah, and those who aren't able to make it in person, although we'd strongly encourage you to come, uh, we're going to have live streams of it. Uh, it should be live streamed on my Periscope on Twitter, live streamed on YouTube if I haven't been banned by then, and uh, maybe on Facebook. I don't have, I've already been banned on Facebook. But you should be able to find the stream there at the website, UniteTheRightRally.com. Okay. Yep. You're on Gab, G-A-B, everybody. I recommend Gab. It's like we're all going that way. If you can, set up a Gab account, and you can see what, what you're doing there, right? The Mad Dimension on Gab. Yeah, I'm on Gab. Uh, by, by the way, Poverty Palace didn't put anything about Jacob Goodwin. No mention at all. So... Yeah, yeah. You know what else is pretty pretty interesting? None of the news stories now talk about the two police officers that died. I wonder why. Why would they yeah, do they that? Did. Why would they? Then the helicopter crash. They did mention that. Yeah, but not recently. None of the news sources. I'm not talking Every about Every article about Charlottesville mentions the two dead policemen from the helicopter crash and Heather Heyer. That I've read. Well, I got the uh, Newsweek here, and it does not mention the two police officers at all. It mentions Heather Heyer, but not the two police officers. Okay. Yeah, they go back and forth on that. It's certainly the two police officers don't mean as much to the liberal media. They can't use those deaths cynically for their political agenda, so they often get forgotten about. But I have seen some articles where they lump them in and try and say, well, all three of these people died as a result of the rally, which is not true. But, you know, it all depends on how they want to spend it. That's what it always comes down to. 
Yeah, exactly. But it seems kind of odd that the, all I know they reported it heavily in the beginning, but these last month or so, I've noticed that the police officers have have been erased from the news stories. So it just seems odd, and and, oh. and I guess maybe maybe uh, Jason's right in the fact that they're not the uh, the martyrs that that Heather Heyer was. Yeah, Heather Heyer's death is being cynically exploited by these people for a political agenda. I mean, you think the the media cares about life? They don't care about anybody dying. Uh, I mean, people die all the time and they're forgotten, especially if they died in the name of some cause that that the media doesn't care for. Like if a Islamic terrorist killed somebody, you think that they're going to uh, put that person's name up, you know, and celebrate uh, the anniversary of their death and, and talk about the political ramifications and how we should restrict uh, Islamic immigration because of that person's death. No, they're not going to do that. Maybe Fox News would, but nobody else is. So, uh, I mean, it's just, uh, it's just a cynical uh, attempt to take power by exploiting that woman's death. Now, at the rally, is there any going to be any talk about Charlottesville and the monuments there, or is this rally? Yeah, probably so. Yeah, I think okay. that I'll, I'll talk a little bit about just a general overview of how the police screwed us over, how there's been no justice. Uh, the only way that we have is through the civil courts, but we haven't been able to push back against the city because they've had these billionaires come in and file lawsuits against us and pressing charges left and right against our people. Uh, And it's a travesty of justice. I think that I'm going to ask President Trump uh, very early on in the rally, you know, to open a civil rights investigation into the city of Charlottesville. Because, I mean, at this point, it just seems unrealistic that uh, we would be able to uh, bring justice about on our own through the civil court system when, you know, I mean, the media here has just turned me into um, Damien, the son of Lucifer or something. You know, everybody hates me here. How can you bring a civil case when everybody hates you and you're reliant on a jury? Uh, everything's been stacked against us. The, the media, the the civil court system, the moneyed interests, the government. So if the federal government doesn't step in. I don't know what could be done about it. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I mean, we can do a rally across from his other house, too, down there. I don't even know if you can get near Mar-a-Lago in uh, Florida when Trump's there. Can you even drive down the road? Does anybody know about that? I doubt it. Oh, I got an interesting uh, media request related to the first Unite the Right yesterday. It's from The Atlantic, and I don't trust The Atlantic because it's a very left-wing publication. They're the ones who did that expose on uh, Richard Spencer back when that Heilgate incident happened. But he's doing an article on Corey Long, the guy who shot the flamethrower in the crowd. And you know, of course, it's going to be like turning him into a hero, fighting white supremacy with fire or whatever. So I just sent him back an email. This is my uh, opinion on Corey Long. I said, that son of a bitch fired a flamethrower into a crowd of people and got off with a slap on the wrist. Then he hired an attorney, Malik Shabazz, who advocates killing little Jewish babies. If I even once talked to somebody like that online, I would be castigated for it in the national press. But this country has a bias in favor of white people rather than blacks. What a joke. If I fired a flamethrower at a crowd of liberals, I would be in prison for the rest of my life. Corey Long is making a living out of it. Exactly. That's good. That's Did they respond? Thing. No, he hasn't responded yet, but I hope that he runs it. I mean, that's pretty much the deal right there. Yeah. Can you imagine what they would do to me if I went uh, into downtown Charlottesville and started shooting a flamethrower at people? <laughs> I know. Right. Oh. They would they would string me up by my ankles. I would be I would be finished. Absolutely. It, it, the, double the double standard it sure is uh, apparent. I don't think anybody yeah. could possibly believe that it's not doesn't exist right now. Yeah. Okay. 
I got one caller waiting. I don't know if she's got a question for you, Jason, but is there anything else you want to take? Oh, not right now. I'll take the call. Okay. Rich from New York. Good morning, Jason. This is Rich from New York. Hey, Um, good morning. How's it going? Uh, I'm White Lives Matter New York. Uh, I I will be at your rally. I don't have the luxury to be walking there, so I will be driving there. Um, like Black Lives Matter, they'll be walking there. Um, I have a question. Uh, you know, you said to meet up in Virginia. Um, what is that, uh, the second destination that's in Washington? Is that also a safe spot to meet up so I don't have to go all the way to Virginia? Or should uh, I park well, in a different area, take Uber there? Well, Vienna, Virginia is basically a suburb of Washington, D.C. It's right outside. It's along the, the metro line. So if you are staying in Washington, D.C., then you can just take an Uber or a taxi over there. It's not that far. Or you can take a metro in. Okay, I'm not familiar with the area. I plan on getting in and leaving that, you know, getting in that day and leaving that day um, just to be safe. Mm -hmm. But uh, that was just my question. You said I'm on your email list. You sent me the emails, and it said uh, I was looking that place up. I thought it was in Washington, but you answered my question. It's in Virginia. But um, even if I meet there, that would be safe there considering the Virginia police. Or is Charlottesville Police is different? Uh, yeah, it's Virginia State Police. And uh, who knows what was going on with Virginia State Police last year. But I have met with a representative uh, from Virginia State Police, and, and they seem to be committed to keeping the peace. But my main contact has been with a guy from MPD. And and then every once in a while we have uh, coordinated, uh, you know, strategic meetings between myself, uh, Metropolitan Police, that's D.C., the Transit Authorities, uh, Secret Service, and, um, and sometimes Virginia State Police and National Park Service. So they're all working together, and it, it, the places that I indicated in the uh, email, we're not trying to keep them secret. Of course, Antifa is going to know about it, uh, but there's going to be... a, a a large enough police presence that you shouldn't have to worry about that anyway. So every okay. stop there is going to be like getting to a base in a baseball game. When you're at uh, the Vienna station, you're safe. Then we're going to take us to the Foggy Bottom station. You're safe there. Then we're going to march into Lafayette, uh, and that that's going to be the demonstration zone and safe. So all the way around, just follow the bases, and you'll be okay. All right. Thank you so much. I'll see you there. Yeah, and that's it. Vienna, Virginia, if you take the, the west loop on the Beltway, uh, it's about two-thirds of the way around, and then you jump off and get to Vienna, Virginia. Okay. I'll be contacting you anyway, Father Francis. We talked about that. Uh, maybe if you still have room in the van, I'll be meeting you maybe somewhere. I don't know if you remember okay. that. We talked. But uh, I'll contact yep. you uh, within a week. Thank you so much, All guys. Right. Have a good day. We do Take have care. a guy coming up, coming up from Texas, and he's coming in with us. Okay, anybody else? Star six on your touchpad. Question for Jason, Father Francis. No, I, I just think that the, the way Jason's handled this, as far as security is concerned, it's like right back at you. I mean, you know, you look at all the pictures from the civil rights eras and, you know, water hoses being sprayed on people, and we were facing same thing right now. Our people are being put in jail for crimes that they, they haven't really committed. The charges placed against these guys up there, the malicious wounding, is clearly not in the statute. The, the definition of the malicious wounding is not in the statute. They are not guilty of malicious wounding, nor are they guilty of the second charge now. At best, it can be something like, you know, uh, assault. Yeah, I mean, what's happening to us is unjust right now, and it's like when you go to the doctor's office, the doctor can't help you if you don't tell him where it hurts. And right now, whenever white folks try and get together and talk about their interest in an unapologetic way, the way that black people or any other group of people are able to do in this country, we have these throngs of people from Antifa coming to use violence against us. I mean, that's really evil. And one of the things that I want to talk about is 
how free speech is essentially dying right now. And it's right here around us and our demonstrations. Uh, because Absolutely. what good does it do to have the First Amendment if in practice you can't exercise it because these people are going to come and attack you. They're going to shout you down. The media is going to um, turn you into some kind of a monster for, for just going and using words. And that's why I don't want to back down. I've always been a big free speech supporter. I think that it's best for people to have dialogue with each other, and uh, that's the way you, you form consensus and, and you find out uh, what your friends and neighbors think and, and what's best for everybody. But right now, we can't do that because there's this agenda of flooding the country with a illegal immigrants and uh, changing our values through all this uh, degenerate stuff and that's being pumped through the entertainment industry and whatever. And, and then there's a lot of real people who, who aren't comfortable with that and they want to speak up, but they're being silenced. So it's like if you had a, a town council to decide what the policy should be and then they had a, a sign on the door saying no whites allowed. White people aren't being given a seat at the table to decide these things, and that's wrong. Absolutely. <clears throat> so, that's Jason, absolutely you're going to give a speech at the Washington, D.C. thing? Me? Yes, sir. Are you, are you speaking? Oh, yeah, yeah. I think I'll, I'll probably end up uh, doing uh, an introduction to the event just to let no, people know what it's about, and I might talk a little bit about the civil rights uh, abuse that happened in Charlottesville. Then I'll probably MC for the other speakers, just give them a little bit of an introduction so people know who they are. Uh, and then I'll probably give a speech at the end that's more about what we should do going forward. And you're going to be able to record that? You, didn't you say... Yeah, I mean, I think, that I think we're going to have media wow. there who are going to be recording it. And okay. then uh, I'm going to record it as well. I, I, that's the thing I need to work on today is finding a volunteer to hold the camera. But, uh, yeah, we should be live streaming that through the website, uh, unitetherightrally.com, and, and hopefully I don't get banned on the other platforms that I'm still on, Twitter and YouTube, and those sh should be available after the rally to watch on those platforms. Sounds good. It is free speech. It, Robert, you gonna you gonna mosey over this way, Robert? And come along I, with us? I don't know. I I'm thinking, but I I, I don't wanna say for well, sure. Well we'll talk about that yeah, off the air. Oh yeah. We'll talk about that off the air. And I can talk with Jason about what he's got for sound equipment and maybe I can help him out with that for the video. Uh, okay. Yeah, we're, I think we're going to be renting the sound equipment. It's it's some funny rules there in Lafayette Square um, because you got to have a stage. So we're renting a stage. Or actually, I talked to a guy last night about building it, and, and that could be interesting because if this works, you know, uh, maybe we do more demonstrations in D.C. from time to time and we could make use of that stage again uh, or at other locations. Um, but you've got to have a stage. They don't allow any equipment on the ground. Um, then we're going to have two to four speakers. I'm not sure exactly yet because I want to hear before I make the decision. It's just important that we have speakers that are loud enough that everybody can hear. Uh, yeah, electrical speakers. That's what I was going to ask you. You've got electrical equipment. Amplified speakers. Yeah, and there's no electricity there in uh, Lafayette, and so that's a weird logistical thing. And uh, we were thinking we were going to get generators, some of those super quiet generators, but even those, since they got to fit on the stage and so near the microphone, I, I, yeah. I didn't want it to pick up that noise, but I found a company that allows you to hook up the speakers to truck batteries and so of course those aren't going to make any noise at all so I thought great this is a this is the best solution pickup truck park close close to you yeah yeah exactly
but there's also a location that you don't even need a stage. There's a there's a street that goes between the White House and Lafayette Square where we're going to be doing our demonstration, and they had some uh, left-wing protesters there last night. They've been doing this uh, Occupy uh, Lafayette Square protest for a few weeks trying to get uh, Trump to resign. Good luck with that. <laughs> but uh, they don't need the states in that street, so they were just standing there with their microphones and whatever. But it'll be interesting to see how um, – how the media talks about the, our attendance numbers at the event because it's not going to be the same as last year because last year, um, first of all, I had all kinds of uh, media platforms to go on, a lot of different shows, but people you know, are skittish about the new rally and they, they want to see how this one is going to play out before they decide to do more um, in-person events. And then a lot of people are worried um, about getting doxxed or harassed from going to these events, I mean, from these uh, terrorists, Antifa. Um, but I still think, obviously, we're going to have a, a bigger crowd than those Occupy uh, Lafayette people had. And so they had only maybe 15 people. We could have easily, you know, hundreds of people, uh, perhaps. So so the media will never be happy w with our attendance numbers unless we were like filling up the the entire area uh, on the national mall like they do for the presidential inauguration. But um, don't 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 get uh, discouraged by that. The people who show up to this rally are really going to be um, spiritual warriors for you know uh, justice for our people and uh, for the survival of the First Amendment, which are two very worthy causes, in my view. Yeah, uh, I got a question come in here. Uh, it's on the storefront chat. Um, why has he made his gab private? Do you, do you know anything about that? Your gab, G-A-B? Oh, yeah. I, made my, I was just getting attacked by too many people. I don't know. There's a lot of uh, trolls on gab. There's people who've been banned from other platforms for whatever reason, and I just got into, uh, I don't know, Chris Cantwell is a radio host or podcast host who was slated to be a speaker at the original Unite the Right, and just out of the blue, he decided to start attacking me, and then I just got flooded with people, you know, leaving awful comments all over the place, and I just figured it's not worth it, uh, because people come on to my gab who are uh, MSM reporters or whatever, and they see these people saying uh, terrible things, and they report on it. You know, I, I don't want to give uh, SPLC uh, more fodder. Uh, I don't want people to think that these people that are saying these kinds of things are uh, my supporters because they're not. Okay, so, so I'm, not, I'm not seeing your Gab postings anymore if it's private. Right. Well, are was. you following me? The ones who were uh, oh, already following, following me okay. can still see those. I haven't looked, but I'll, I'll check that it, out It only later. means that um, in order to see my Gab posts, you've got to be following me. So now the people who want to follow have got to submit a request, and I approve it. Uh, that's okay. all it means. You can still see my posts that way. All right, we've got a caller. This is Red in Texas. Ed? Hey, good morning, fellows. How y'all doing? Hi, sir. Good morning. Hey, got a uh, question for uh, for Kessler. Because um, you mentioned the uh, the type of people that, that are going to be there. What, what kind of people do you expect to attend? I know it's going to be different than last year. Uh, you know, there's a lot of uh, things going around about uh, how last year uh, or this year is going to be different than last year. What's going to be different and what kind of people are going to be uh, do you expect to uh, you know be there with you and backing you up and all that stuff? Well, I expect a more moderate crowd. I think that there were I think it's probably going to be an older crowd as well. Um, 
I think there's going to be less of the uh, so-called alt-right people uh, who t tend to skew a little bit younger and perhaps more of the the old-school white advocates that have been in this thing for quite a while. Uh, I think a lot of the young people are, are scared, uh, whereas some of the older people have been in this thing for a while and just say, hey, screw it, this is a great opportunity. I don't care whether you know uh, Antifa and the media attack me or not. But... Um, yeah, I have a list of rules that I put up on the website, UniteTheRightRally.com, and those rules are, are going to be quite different from last year. Um, you know, last year the Charlottesville government was telling people they could bring shields and uh, sticks and this kind of thing, but th there are different rules in D.C., especially in Lafayette Square in front of the White House, and I mean... To be honest, I don't want that imagery anyway. I don't want people to think that we're coming there to be aggressive. And, and the people don't seem to know what Antifa is. They don't know why people would want to bring sticks and shields and things like that uh, because you have these terrorists who are coming to attack you. But um, I think that it's much uh, better for the American people to sh just see us as normal folks wearing the, the clothes we are comfortable in and going in and speaking, not not dressed uh, like warriors or whatever. And, and I don't know. I mean, I think that there's going to be a, a very high quality of people at this event, people who are really committed to this cause because they've seen all the oppression that we faced over the last year, and they've said, hey, uh, I don't care. I still have rights. I still care about my people and that they're treated fairly, and I'm going to show up no matter what. When you say your people, what do you mean your people? European people, white people. Because you know you get a lot of criticism about you know, non-whites being there and stuff like that. What do you have to say to those folks that are criticizing you about that? Well, well let, me, let me intercede here real quick. Well, uh, David Duke needs to apologize. Uh, we got to get uh, Jared Taylor to apologize. We got to get many of the other groups have non-whites come and attend their rallies. Uh, I remember Jesse Peterson came to an anti-illegal immigration rally in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, one year. He was going to come, but they intimidated Jesse Peterson so hard that he didn't show up. Jesse Peterson appeared live with James Edwards on TV. So. I don't see what the criticism is if, if a black nationalist, let's say, came and said, you know, you people are doing the right thing, blah, blah, blah. I don't see a problem with that. Yeah, I mean, I, allowing anybody who supports uh, the cause of uh, justice and equal treatment for white people um, to, to come and attend seems like a no-brainer to me. I mean, why would you want to exclude people who want to help you? I think that there's uh, nothing but positives fr from that. You know, you, you think about you've got a lot of work to do, a lot of volunteer work, and the more helpers you have, the better, because uh, volunteers and helpers who are generous, generous with their time are very hard to come by in this thing. Second, when you allow, when you, when you refuse to exclude people uh, who are non-white, that makes it a lot harder for the media to say, oh, these people are neo-Nazis and they're evil and they're haters or whatever. And, and that's a huge liability to uh, allow people who um, just talk so bad about other racial groups to come to the rally and you don't have any, uh, anybody but white people there and then say they're Black Lives Matter come and, and some, get into a fight with some white person from your demonstration it's not just going to be they got into a fight. It's going to be uh, hate crime charges and so on and so forth. Have you seen what they said about uh, non-white people and, and now they're uh, attacking black people in the streets? I think, I think it's, it's very wise to allow people uh, of all different types to come and support us. And I think that it eases some of the tensions. It's a public park. These monuments are public parks, so it depends on the situation. I would say, you know, about who he invites. It's outdoor free speech, so 
Yeah, I mean, we're up against the wall right now. I mean, white people don't have the ability to organize and advocate for our interests the way that blacks, Jews, Muslims, gays, every other, you know, liberal constituency is able to do. And we have a hard enough road as it is. We need to stop thinking in terms of absolutes or thinking that our country is going to magically transform back to the demographics that it was in back in the 1800s. I mean, maybe it's right that we should have European countries and uh, homelands for our people, but right now that is not the situation America is in. So we need to get serious about forming um, advocacy groups that are as powerful for our interest as the SPLC is uh, for the interest of you know other groups. Yeah, um, that would certainly be a good goal. Hard to achieve, but certainly a good goal. Yeah, I'm just curious to uh, how uh, you're you're getting some non-whites on board with the with a uh, a free speech rally for to advocate for whites. Well, I mean, you know, there's there's a lot of non-white people who don't hate white people and think that having majority white countries is a good thing. You know, I, I've talked to a number of people like that, um, and, and they say, hey, you know, I, it, white people are great. They've, they create stable countries, stable economies. They're some of the nicest, most compassionate people I've ever met, and I think it's a damn shame the way the media has this double standard in how they're treating y'all. And I don't want to see the borders opened up and, and flooded to where you guys aren't, you know, the majority anymore. I don't think it's right. I mean, I know a lot of people that are like that. And so I, I don't, I, I can't I mean, argue look, with that, every, man. every movement, like the civil rights movement in the sixties, that wasn't just black people. They had uh, a lot of white people and Jewish people and whatever else helping them. And so, uh, especially with how, uh, multicultural this country has become and and we're just getting flooded i mean white people we've got to start making alliances where we can and convincing more of these people that hey white people are not so bad uh we should allow them to have equal representation well that harrisburg rally uh there were several hispanic people that were legal immigrants that applied for citizenship and came into the united states the right way and they were speaking out against illegal immigration. So the, these are the kind of allies we have. Uh, Brother Carl, the black Muslim guy, came and backed me up at a rally, uh, anti-war rally. And, you know, I had uh, two people that were very suspect of being uh, hardcore Jew- Jewish uh, cyanum, I guess you would call them. And one kid snuck up behind me and was kind of standing behind me while this lady had my attention. Fortunately, I had a guy with me that went up on the Jewish kid, you know, one of the guys with those curly cues hanging down. <clears throat> so, and uh, Brother Carl came to that event. We uh, always made it a point never to sit at the same table. We sat at separate tables to illustrate the fact that we had separate interests and that we, we would support each other politically, and yet at the same time we didn't want to turn into uh, going to the prom together and hanging out over somebody else's house having a barbecue. We kept it white and we kept it black. Anybody mm-hmm. got a problem with that? I really don't care. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I definitely support us having our own thing and and not just you know some mishmash of uh, culture or whatever. I support you know white people should be able to have uh, their own art and their own music and you know their own communities and be proud of that. You know, just like uh, like black people have. You know, they're allowed to say, hey, you don't get it. It's a black thing, and so maybe we should be able to say in some cases, hey, this is a white thing. This is ours. Exactly. Uh, and I, and right, that's Red. exactly... Red, you, you can stay on if you want. I, I'm going to bring Patrick. He's got a question. Okay, I meet myself. Thank you. Patrick from Texas, I think. Yeah. Are you on topic today? Uh, well, maybe. Uh, it's kind of a rough question. 
but uh, you know, the civil rights are you know, the First Amendment rights. You know, that's all well and good, and uh, it's something we're fighting for. But uh, right now, uh, we're dealing with a more severe problem, uh, and that is uh, things like the, the genocide of white people worldwide. And just uh, all it just uh, every, in every situation, it's all being promoted by Jewish people. Barbara Spector Lerner, uh, Barbara Spector in um, in Europe. Uh, yeah, uh, we got you got all of the 1965 Immigration Act, which opened all of them being pushed by all all uh, all the people pushing forward for Jew were Jews. And uh, I think we got a big problem. We got the uh, uh, to close these borders, and uh, this, you know, until and uh, then we can talk about being friends. That's all I gotta say. That's yeah, well, uh, we've definitely got some serious issues, and the demographics are very alarming for white people in the United States and in Europe and and all over the place. But I think people are getting ahead of themselves when they they say, well, let's let's not do the basic building blocks of building a, a white uh, coalition and organization that can fight for our interests. You know, you've got to think in terms of, like, how do we uh, bring ourselves into the mainstream? How do we raise the money and form the organizations that are going to seriously address these things? You know, because if, if we don't have something to represent us, which is an organizing principle, then how are we going to fight back against this? I mean, you can have daydreams all you want about some kind of uh, uh, civil war where white people are going to fight and take the country back, but I don't see that as very realistic. I don't, I don't think anybody is going to beat the U.S. Army. So we've got to find a way to work within the system to address it. Um, and, you know... As far as the Jewish thing, uh, I just I don't think that they're a monolith. I know a lot of people in this movement think that they are, but there are a lot of uh, say liberal Jews who do not like Israel, for instance, right? Because they think uh, it's an oppressive regime, and they are, are committing human rights abuse against the Palestinians. And certainly, there's a number of Jews who are apolitical, who are maybe just. Uh, artists or whatever. So, I mean, I think you could make the case to some of these people uh, why we should be uh, pushing back against uh, uh, Israeli interests in uh, the United States influencing us into these terrible wars, uh, bring up the fact, hey, you know, I mean, uh, Jewish people and European people share a lot of the same culture through, you know, the entertainment industry where they've been working together for generations. So maybe you guys should be in favor of closing the borders too. I don't know. It's, it's at least worth trying because what is the alternative? Uh, I mean, what, what these people who are more to the right than me on this issue would say is that we're going to kick them out or something. It's not going to happen. The, I've been in this movement long enough to see that the people uh, on our side don't have money. We don't have power. They have lots of money and power. So we've got to find a way to, to copy their model in a certain way. Uh, Jews are very smart. They've uh, found uh, a way to work for the interests of their people by you know, getting themselves into uh, positions in the media where they can uh, push their point of view out to billions and billions of people you know, they've found uh, strategic ways to get into the banking industry so that they can control the currency, and um, and they're highly, highly overrepresented in, in Congress and in the Supreme Court. So what we need to do is uh, is adopt the same strategy. Yeah, I think you're giving them a little too much credit by saying they're very smart. <laughs> They, they, they are. are you know, I mean, they the smartest people are by the princes of the world. The Bible talks about them. Go ahead, Jason. Sorry. Oh, sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. What were you saying? Well, Red's saying giving them too much credit for being so smart. They are the wisest at what they do. They're the princes of the world. 
And we well, have, hey, money, money, money can get you anything, man. You know, it may not buy you happiness, but it, money gives you a lot of power. It doesn't doesn't necessarily give you brains. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that but doesn't make but you a good person. Just by IQ, the the groups that score the highest on the IQ tests are are Jews, whites, and Asians. And then you have other groups that tend to be lagging behind. Uh, I also think that, like white people, Jews have a pretty, um, and Asian people for that matter, they have a culture that celebrates hard work and achievement. So, I mean, that's why white Jews and Asians tend to be the the wealthiest and have the the most successful countries. Okay. I got another caller. Frank in North Carolina. Welcome. Hi. Yeah, this is uh Frank okay. in North Carolina and uh yeah. I'm I'm fifty two years old. Um you're probably a lot further along than I was um at your age. I was kind of a Pat Buchanan Republican, uh, borders, language, culture, that kind of thing. Um, and I didn't know about the Jews at all. In fact, I didn't find out about the Jews until I was 40 years old. But um, I, uh, I'd never heard about it. That's why. And that's why I think it's so important. And that's why uh, I guess I'm so, quote, unquote, obsessed about going out wherever I can on the, all the different um, radio shows and basically planting that seed that the, uh, you know, the problem is the Jews. Um, uh, the Jews are the enemy. The Jewish people as a group are the enemy. That's never going to change. I do not want to work with them. Uh, anybody that does is part of the problem uh, as far as I'm concerned, and you just haven't got to that point. You will. At some point, you'll realize that, uh, like I did. But um, these people, yeah, I guess you could argue some of them are very smart. Uh, We have some very smart people uh, in the white race as well. Uh, Actually, I think you'll find if you actually dig into it, Dr. Duke talks about this, uh, they actually have a lower than average uh, IQ. Uh, If you go and look at Israel, and I I have some questions about that myself, I'd like to, you know, find a little bit more. Is Is that Jews in Israel or is that everyone in Israel? Uh, I, I don't know, but uh, I tell you what, there's a lot of really stupid Jews, a lot of really dumb, uh, inarticulate, really stupid uh, Jews out there. Um, and, you know, I, 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 I'm amazed at it. I mean, you can go on YouTube and just do one of these, look, just listen carefully to one of these man-on-the-street interviews where they just go around interviewing Jews in Israel. These are some stupid people, a lot of them. Uh, and, and every now and then you'll find an honest one, too. Like when I was watching the other day, uh, there was this woman interviewing this guy. For, she's with RT, I guess. I forget her name now. Um, I'd never heard of her before. But she was asking this, you know, liberal Jew, like you're talking about, this non-Zionist. He had been a Zionist uh, Jew. But she was like, well, you know, what about all these other liberal Jews? You know, are they kind of on board with you, what you think? And he said, no. no. He said, that, that's all an act. He said, most all these liberal Jews that are critical of Israel and all this, it's an act. They're trying to sugarcoat it. They really believe just what all the other Jews believe. They want to wipe everybody else off the map and or control everybody. And as a group, that's what the Jews want to do. And they see the white man, the white race, as the only obstacle uh, in their way. Um, and, and they are going to do whatever they have to do, including uh, killing every one of us, if, if, if anything stands in their way of whatever it is they want. They want it all. One thing about the Jews, they never, they, they never learn. They always want more. It's never enough, and you cannot work with these people as a group. You might find one out of 100, okay. one out of 1,000. Let's let Jason answer. That was kind of a long question, but that was good. You have anything on yeah, that? Yeah. Um, well, first of all, I mean, you got to look at how other people are talking about white people, and in the universities uh, and the Black Lives Matter types out in the streets, they're going to say the same thing, kind of things about white people. Hey, they have all the money, they have all the power. They're trying to wipe black people out. They've been making us slaves for all these years, and so on and so forth. And uh, 
And then what we would probably say is, hey, that's not the case. We, it was a very small percentage of white people who owned slaves. We actually ended slavery. We've, uh, we've been by far the most humanitarian race on the planet, and that's why we're having all these problems now because we've been a little bit too nice and uh, too willing to share what we have. Um, and I've seen uh, some, some uh, Jewish people on Twitter and so forth. I haven't met these people individually, but uh, that are willing to criticize Jewish power and influence. So we just got to think about uh, how we address these issues. Certainly, um, if, you, if you're going to use that university term like white privilege, you should be able to argue that there's Jewish privilege and that a lot of the stuff that's been blamed on white people about how we have too much money and power and we were responsible for this and that, you know, people don't understand. Some, a lot of those people were Jews. When they're talking about the 1% and you're saying they're all wealthy white men, actually it's a very high percentage of them who are Jews. And I think that that's all, um, that's all within bounds. If, if, white people, if white people are going to be criticized constantly on TV and in the media, we should be able to criticize uh, Jewish people for you know, their wealth and privilege and for getting us into these wars in, in the Middle East. Uh, and you should also be able to criticize black people for their high crime rates or Hispanic people for flooding into this country and, and not learning our language and uh, flying a foreign flag here while they demand to be able to, you know, take the fruits of our labor. But one thing that we've got to acknowledge is this is a different era in the history of mankind than we've ever had in the world. You know, you used to have a much more uh, tribalistic uh, society, you know, where these different groups would be clashing all the time. And if one group was oppressing another group, there would be uh, armed insurrection and uh, you might kick that group out and so on and so forth. But things are really entrenched in place right now where you're not going to see the kind of sweeping revolutions that you had back in the old days. Maybe in uh, parts of the Middle East, you're going to have the Arab Spring and people will go and storm uh, Gaddafi's palace and take him out and change uh, the country in Libya. But within the Europe, the United States, I mean, the, the level of technology that the military has is overwhelming, first of all. And second, the global community is not going to stand by and just watch, you know, a group of people get targeted and, you know, attacked. You know, they're not going to allow that to happen. So we got to think about how do you uh, work with people uh, towards a solution that everybody can live with? And so we've got to find a way to address, you know, the fact that there is uh, unequal power between uh, Jewish folks who are controlling so much of the power in this country and between uh, the rest of the groups. And, and I think that it all starts with us being unafraid to represent ourselves in public, we, we can't be hiding behind, um, you know, disguises forever. We've just got to be ourselves and say, hey, we're unafraid. You can say what my name is. You can put my phone number out there and tell people to harass me, but I'm not backing down because my people don't have the time for that. Uh, and <clears throat> I think we've got to demand that we become part of the conversation. Uh, white people have been completely marginalized where every other group is able to have their their conversations about race, and sometimes those conversations get very messy, and things are said which you know would be very offensive to this group of people or that group of people, but they're not called out on it. Oh no, because they're socioeconomically disadvantaged and they're a traditionally marginalized group. But if poor white folks, you know, feel like they're being marginalized and they're also socioeconomically dis disadvantaged, and there are people on on TV constantly blaming them for being white, why is it that they can't have the same conversations? Or if they say something that is overly offensive to this group or that group, they are blamed for it and made you know, into uh, some kind of demon by, by the media. It's just not right. I think that we've got to start having dialogue where white people are unapologetically able to talk about 
their interest, and, and that's how we go forward. We need to let this idea of you know fighting some kind of war over this stuff go because it's not going to happen. Well, um, you know, several three or four years ago, I got David Knight, who was filling in for Alex Jones, uh, to admit. You know that uh, the problem in America is not. You know that's that's when it was going around. It was real big in the news. You know, uh, white. Uh, uh, what do you call it? White uh, privilege. privilege. White white privilege. And I said, I said the problem in America is not white privilege. It's Jewish privilege. And he immediately. I couldn't believe it. He immediately responded. You're absolutely right. And uh, Infowars went under what Alex Jones said was one of the most massive denial of service attacks that they had ever experienced. Uh, the white, the white race and the black race, uh, it, it's like it's like a married couple that needs to divorce. They need to separate because there are irreconcilable differences. That's never going to change, not in our lifetimes or our great grandchildren's lifetimes. So I'm all about separating. I don't want to fight with black people. I've, I've been in lots of physical fights with black people. I've had my butt kicked by black people, uh, at a, starting at a very young young age, and I never even held it against black people. I never really considered myself a racist. Like I said, uh, through the military, uh, college, I was a colorblind conservative, even after all those negative experiences. So I'm a very fair-minded person. I'm not some irrational person. But um, the Jew is the enemy of of humanity. It's the, and it's certainly the enemy of the white race. That's never going to change. And they're always going to take, they're very good at taking any opportunity to infiltrate anything that we start as a grassroots uh, movement and, and emas- emasculating it and neutralizing. And, that, and that's probably what they're, they're probably going to do it again and again. Uh, let me ask a question. Uh, Jason, have you heard from Russia today? Russia? Russia today can... The, the TV station, oh, yeah, Frank mentioned news. it. Yeah. Um, they might show up. Yeah, they might. Uh, they sent a reporter to my uh, my trial when I had that perjury nonsense. I think that they were expecting that <laughs> they were going to uh, see the imprisonment of Jason Kessler, but I beat the rap, and I came out and said a few words to them. Okay. They had a real pretty girl, real pretty, like... Uh, Skinny, blonde, you know, beautiful Russian girl out well, there. They I, were I, in Charlottesville last year, and they they had hours and hours of recordings. Uh, uh-huh. Roughly TV is their live. Oh yeah. Roughly. I'm sure they'll be there. I think that there's going to be a lot of uh, media coverage of this event. I've gotten a number of uh, photographers who've contacted me. Uh, the guy from Reuters was particularly nice uh because he said hey you know my my job here is to uh capture the events i'm not out here like some of these uh photographers trying to dox people or like put somebody's face you know all over the place if they're a uh, public if they're not a public person you know i I know how to shoot it to uh, you know keep those people out of focus or whatever and uh I've seen some really good photographs from from some of these people, and and I think that that'll be a good thing. We'll we'll come out there with our American flags. I think that's very important to have the American flag. Uh, when when that's you're not the in, American flag, that's the U.S. federal flag. Right. But I know right. what you're saying. Yeah, but the American those, flag is the St. Andrew's Cross, the red background. Okay. That's well, I, I kind of, I kind of like the thirteen star Betsy Ross flag. Uh huh. Well, that's a historical flag, yes, American flag. There's uh, lots of know. American flags. It all depends on what anyway, country you think you're a part of. I didn't want to. I don't know what he said. <laughs> hey, they, they fly the we, Chinese we gotta, flag. They fly the Chinese flag down here, right across the border in South Carolina. Man, I can't believe the good old boys down there in South Carolina allow that that thing to fly. Why would they fly a Chinese flag? Well, I guess it's on a corporate. Uh, it's on, it's on, on the property of a corporate business. I guess it's. Uh, but they they fly the uh, Chinese flag right beside the South Carolina flag. I mean, uh, man, are they I owned by up, a Chinese corporation? I suppose so. Probably, yeah. But we got to wrap it up. Yep. We got to wrap it yeah, up. We're running out of time. Uh, yeah, we're running friend, long. Back. 
Be back tomorrow? Yeah, I'll be here tomorrow. And uh, we'll see if okay. I'm going to try a couple other guys and bring some people on. Rick Tyler. Thank you, Jason Kessler. Thank Pardon? you, Jason Kessler, right, for, for coming on. Say again, Jason? Yeah, thanks for having me on. Take care. And uh, don't forget, if you want to come to the rally, get on the email list at www.unitetherightrally.com. All right, Jason. Okay. Thank you. I'll call, talk to you later. We'll be back tomorrow, folks. Thank you for listening in. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.